Hey, good morning, Harvest family and friends. Wow, what a week. And I hope that you've had a good week. Ours have been just a little bit crazy. And uh, I can just tell you, it's uh, each and every day is another opportunity to praise God for life and health and breath. Uh, it's an opportunity to just be thankful for all that God not only is doing but has done and uh let me just tell you i do not like having online only services uh already this morning my heart's been breaking a little bit uh, i've had about four people drive through the church parking lot and kind of read my sign on the door and once again we we apologize for the circumstances of the week and we apologize for uh, having to go online but uh wasn't really sure that uh, uh, everything that was taking place, but uh, I know that we were here last week and uh, people were around, so we thought just to be safe, we should probably go online for a couple weeks just to make sure everybody is safe and uh, free from the coronavirus. So thank you for your understanding. Thank you for your patience. And uh, so let me just tell you, before we get started in the message this morning, uh, if you see right now, I think there's maybe 10 people online, uh, share the page, share the, uh, the word. Let's get it out that we're still having some services online here. So I encourage you to, uh, just let everybody know that they can still join us and, uh, hear a little bit of uh, a message from God's word. And, uh, so any rate, uh, as people are coming on, let me just give you an opportunity to hear a few of announcements. And first of all, can I just say, Thank you, Nick and Becca. Thank you, uh, Jack. I love seeing you down there hitting a couple of the keys. Uh, Ian and uh, Maddie, what a blessing. It just really is a blessing to see you guys singing out. And, of course, Nick and Becca just leading our church in some worship. And I just sat here. Yes, and to God be the glory and uh, all the songs that you were singing. And I'm th so thankful for the message of those words and uh, the message of those songs and those hymns and and so forth so uh, let me just say thank you for doing that and for your willingness to do that again next week um let me just say would you if you would pray for dawn uh she is feeling a little bit miserable at the moment so i just ask that you would uh um, pray for her and keep her in your prayers and uh and let me just say as we get started here i want to make sure that you can hear me pretty good so uh, if you can't hear me, let me know. I'll try to turn things up. I'm kind of still playing with the setup here a little bit. And uh, so I want to make sure that as we get started, I can turn things up just a little bit. Let me know how that is. Um, and I appreciate those of you that are kind of keeping an eye on things for that. We're, we're working through uh, doing the online stuff. And so at any rate, uh, let me know how it's going. And uh, I can read just a little bit here as I'm sitting here. So uh, let me know if you have any problems. But anyway, be praying for Dawn. She's feeling a little bit miserable. She's got uh, just kind of a, uh, maybe just a, a little bit of body aches. It's kind of, you know, a little bit of the flu kind of personified just a little bit. So just keep her in your prayers. I know she would appreciate that very much. And uh, let me just say next week we'll be online again as well. And also, we will not have any men's Bible study this week. And uh, I miss that. And uh, But I know that um, it's we want to be safe. We want to keep everybody in our church safe. And uh, so just keep that in mind as we 
go forward, we will be online again. So one other thing, Nick mentioned it, and that is uh, Final Harvest. It's a ladies' uh, group. They'll be singing for us on January 31st. So many people have said over the last several months that, uh, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, man, we really miss having Fifth Sunday Fellowships. We all miss having Fifth Sunday Fellowships. Uh, we have not had a carry-in dinner and all those kinds of things that we would normally do during a Fifth Sunday, well, in over a year. So, at <laughs> any rate, we miss having those things. We miss doing those things. But uh, a couple months ago, um, we had an opportunity to uh, talk with a group that actually is local here in Gates. And the name of the group is Final Harvest. And uh, the Ladies Trio is going to be here on January 31st. Uh, we will have extra amount of chairs set up that Sunday because we've been doing two services. And uh, for, for the most part, that's worked out really well to give people the opportunity to spread out and to really be able to social distance and so forth. And so we'll for that particular Sunday, we'll have one service at 1030. And uh, we will have an extra amount of chairs set up and we'll rearrange a little bit so that we are spread out even more. And uh, so anyway, it'll be a fun Sunday. There will be no carrying dinner or anything like that. Uh, I wish we could, but we're not in those circumstances yet. But we appreciate your saying. But we thought it would be something fun just to have something, something special to do for a fifth Sunday that we have not done in over a year. So uh, what a wonderful group. We're looking forward to them uh, being here with us. So mark your calendars, January 31st, Final Harvest will be here with us. And then, just as a reminder, I know that I am the only one in the entire church that gets to look at a bulletin. We've got a big stack of them over in the other room, because <laughs> we didn't know how this week was going to unfold. But uh, what we'll do is that we'll make sure that this gets out in an email this week, and uh, you can be aware of everything that's going on, and uh, we'll get it to you just as soon as we can. Uh, it is so good. Every once in a while, you know, when I'm up preaching on a, on a typical Sunday morning, my my camera's out in front of me, and I don't get to see it because it's a little bit too far away. But as I'm looking at it, we got people from Mississippi. Hey, Gene, Ken Amadon, uh, Debbie Goyette, so good to hear you guys, and I thank you for your prayers. Neil Bullock, uh, so many friends and families from all over uh, the United States and uh, other uh, actually other countries right now. Uh, it's pretty pretty neat to see what, how God uses the internet to allow us to be connected to people all over the United States and really all over the world. Uh, thank you for joining in with us today. We're so thankful that you're that you're able to do that. Um, you know, we don't know what a day is going to bring forth. Um, in fact, Proverbs twenty-seven one talks about that that we don't know what a day is going to bring forth. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but um, I have to be totally honest in that, you know, a year ago when all this stuff started, I, you know, we all have an opinion of it. We all, you know, is it real? Is it not real? Is it really as contagious as people say it is? Is it not? Uh, speaking of the coronavirus, and uh, we do the best we can. In fact, every time I go outside of these walls, uh, I've got a mask on and I have a liner inside the mask. It's like a double layer and it's like, I haven't been around anybody that I know of that's had coronavirus, but when it happens to somebody in your family, when my father-in-law looked at me and he, or uh, said to me on the phone, he goes, I never, ever in my life had anything like this. And he said, I thought I was going to die. Uh, almost a week of 105 temperature. I'm so thankful for God's grace, for his mercy in that, and that he does bring healing. He does touch us. And... Uh, 
I'm so thankful for that. And but when it happens to somebody in your family, it's like, wow, this is real. And it changes your perspective of things. And I just wanted to say that just because um, we, we want to show love towards one another in the body of Christ. Um, you know, there's people that don't like mass, people who don't mind mass, but people who, uh, you know, say, hey, you got to have it every time you, you know, turn around or whatever your position is. We can show love to one another and deference to one another in the body of Christ by simply putting it on. And so uh, I'm going to encourage you as we come back uh, in a couple of weeks back to our facility. You know, the church has left the building, but uh, as we come back into the building, I'm going to encourage you to wear it and to wear it often. And, um, you know, just to be careful, just to show some love and respect to each other. And uh, whether it's effective or not, I'll leave that to God and whether what, what his perfect will is. But uh, we want to do our part in keeping everybody safe and especially those who are at risk. And I'm so thankful that God has kept me from it. Uh, I had a recent doctor's appointment this last week and uh, with my endocrinologist. And he says, Ken, just be careful. You're diabetic. Your white blood count is basically non-existent. And uh, with your particular circumstances, it could be harmful. So it was just a reminder to me to be careful and uh, to not take these things for granted and just every day trust God and to know that he's in control. And we're, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm not walking in fear. Um, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So, but he also calls us to walk in wisdom. And uh, well, that's what one, one of the things we want to do here. Um, so let me just encourage you to... You know, be praying for one another in the body of Christ. Lift each other up in prayer. And uh, I know that God would honor uh, the, those those prayers. I really do believe that. So once again, I'm just thankful for each of you that are here, that are online with us today. And uh, I'm not really sure how I can really judge whether or not you can hear me well, but I hope that you can. And uh, so if you can, somebody give me a wave out there. Give me something that if you can hear me good. Um so I need to, I think someone's telling me to turn it up just a little bit. How's that? Is that any better here? Let's see how that goes. Is that good? Somebody give me a wave if you can, uh, if you can hear me good. So, any rate. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, if you would, take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 3. Uh, this is where we've been. For the last uh, couple months in 1 John chapter 3, and this morning specifically, I'd like to start uh, by reading, uh, beginning in verse 18, it kind of a little bit of an overlap in the text, um, but we're going to begin reading in verse 18, it says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him, for our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of the Son of Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. As we consider this next passage of Scripture, it's, it's a continuation of really of what we started last week. Last week we talked about the whole idea of loving one another, and uh, he tells us what love is not, and he uses the example of Cain, and we talked about how 
bitterness and jealousy can really take a root and it really can destroy not just your life but the people to whom you show that venom and that anger towards we, we looked at god's word where he tells us and reminds us that anger is almost as strong or is the same thing as murder in our hearts and uh, we don't want to be guilty of that we want to show love but this week we're going to kind of expand on that and see what god's word says are the benefits of a genuine love towards one another and uh, i don't know about you but i've experienced that love from one another this last week uh, we had one family bring us a meal over there which i did not expect thank you so much that was awesome and uh but you know being the church is important we need to be the church, and uh, the church is is important to one to each, to each and every one of us in our daily living. And so, let me just encourage you: uh, you never know what a blessing you're going to be to someone else by you simply being the church that God has called you to be, and specifically by loving one another. Well. He says very clearly in his word in John chapter 8, verse 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And we talked about that last week. It's not necessarily a new commandment, but just a reminder once again to make it fresh, to make it new in your hearts and your lives every day. Uh, we don't know what a day is going to bring forth. We don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when uh, God will call us home. We don't know when he's going to come for his bride. And so we want to be found ready, faithful, walking in obedience and holy before God. And we want to show that love one towards another. And as we said, not necessarily a new commandment. It was a commandment that was reiterated from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18, where he says we're to love one another. And so this is the idea that this command that needed to be repeated often because I think we're so often and prone to forget that life is not about ourselves. We say this often. It's not about me. It's all about him. It's all about the one who gave his life for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we want to be careful of that. So as we consider this next text of scripture, John shares several benefits of possessing and sharing genuine love for one another. Um, before we get started in the message, let me just take a moment and pray, and uh, let's just go to the Lord and ask his blessing on the message as we go forward this morning. Lord God, we thank you so much for the opportunity and the privilege, Lord, that we have to, uh, Lord, look at your word, Lord, to have a copy of your word, to, Lord, be able to read it, apply it. Lord, I pray for, uh, Lord, all of us, Lord, that are underneath the, the hearing of your word this morning, Lord, not just to hear at Harvest in Rochester, but around the world, Lord, we have friends in Africa and India and Mexico and, Lord, all over the place, Lord, that, Lord, in this 24-hour period, the word is going to go forth. And we ask, God, that wherever the word of God goes forth this day, Lord, may you add your blessing upon it, Lord. May we be open to what, what your word says, to what your message to us is. And we ask, God, that you would speak to our hearts. And God, I ask that you would just uh, multiply it within us, Lord, that we may dwell on it and think upon it, meditate upon it, Lord, and apply it to our hearts and our lives this day. And Lord, once again, last week, Lord, numerous people Lord, sent me a text and said, thank you for the message, Lord. It's so easy to overlook this and to get so busy and distracted by things, Lord, that we don't love others. But Lord, when we do, there are genuine benefits of loving others, especially those in the body of Christ. And I ask God that you would help us to do that this week, Lord. Thank you for your word. Lord, be with us, Lord. Give clarity of thought and speech, Lord, as we go forth. And pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's let's go through the text here just for a little bit this morning. 
and see what God's word has for us. So uh, notice in verse 19, in fact, I believe that verse 19 is a really continuation of verses 16 through 18, as I said earlier. Really, as we started in this text, it's really a continuation of what we talked about last week. Uh, on the whole idea of loving one another. John closes verse 18 with the exhortation to not just say that I love you with my words, but to actually live it out with our actions. And that's where I say it gets really difficult sometimes because we can get so busy doing whatever it is that we do. And uh, I don't know about you, but are any of us not busy? I've asked that question a thousand times over the years. We are all busy. We all have things that we're working on. We have all things that are on our priority list. And, and even when they're not on our priority list, it occupies our time and distracts us from <coughs> excuse me, doing the things that God has called us to do in loving one another. Um, and so we have to be purposeful about it. We have to be intentional about it. We really need to do it with a sense of urgency. And we often have said over the years that we work on building our relationships. We work on having love that is genuine, that is biblical, that is godly. in building our relationships so that we can invite them to the most important relationship that any of us could have. And that is the relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, and it says that we love him because he first loved us. He demonstrated this love. We talked about this last week, this agape love that was intentional. It was deliberate. Jesus Christ went to the cross deliberately to shed his blood, to, to pay a sin price that you and I had, uh, that we could not pay apart from that. And so we, in the same way, loving others as Christ has loved us, and we went around and we just talked about the whole idea of how is it that God loves us. He loves us very deliberately and consistently and faithfully. And that is how we're to love others. And so we must be deliberate, intentional about our love to one another. And there's a lot of ways that we can do this. And it says there in verse 19, I want to just read it again. It says, And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So by this, speaking of our love practically lived out in the sight of the world around us, that we are of the truth, proves and reassures our heart before. And John says that loving others as a pattern and a characteristic of our life is proof of us having accepted the truth of God, and uh, especially being a child of God. And so, once again, we've said this for years. Actions speak louder than words. And we are assured of the very fact that we are a child of God when we live out what he has called us to do. When we live the life that he has called us to live. Um, it's not the idea of just looking the part, but doing the part. Able to not just appear to be a child of God, but to actually be a child of God. You know, I was thinking about this this week. Uh, how would I demonstrate my authenticity, my genuineness of being a child of God. You know, I think about this. You know, if I were to see an athletic looking man jogging out of a locker room and onto the basketball court, uh, several things come to my mind. Well, first of all, I notice that this athlete is wearing the number 23. Now, immediately, some of you are a little bit older and you understand where I'm going with this. We know who wore number 23 for many years. Well, if he come out and he's wearing number twenty-three, he's about six foot six foot uh, six foot tall, and uh, his jersey says Bulls on the front, and on the back it says Jordan. Well, before long, his leadership on the court is evident, and he's controlling the ball game. Uh, one would have to assume that if he looks like Michael Jordan, has the same number as Michael Jordan. 
He jumps like Michael Jordan, shoots like Michael Jordan, and scores like Michael Jordan, plays defense like Michael Jordan, and dominates the ball game like Michael Jordan, then probably he's Michael Jordan, right? Well, in other words, if I'm willing to lay down my life for others, as it says in verse 16, and willing to give up my goods to help the poor, as it says in verse 17, practically live out a pattern of genuine love, not just talking about it, then probably one could assume that by my life and by my actions, I'm a child of God. You see, just looking the part doesn't accomplish anything. I can say I'm a child of God all day long, and if I don't live it out in my life, well, the reality is, I may not be a child of God. You know, I can look like Michael, I can wear a jersey like Michael, but unless I can play like Michael, and be like Michael, and rebound like Michael, and block like Michael, I'm not Michael. But when somebody comes out and has his record, and his statistics, and his abilities, you say, oh, that's Michael. We know who God is. We know who His Son Jesus Christ is. And He said He came down not to be served, but to serve and give His life a ransom for many. So that foundation aspect of love is that He came not to make sure everybody around Him bowed down to Him and, you know, sat over there with the palm branches and, and feeding them grapes as we, uh, you know, often joke about, but the reality is he says, I'm not here so that everyone can bow down to me. I'm here that the world might come to know God, my heavenly father. And so it's not enough just to look the part. It's not enough to just say I'm part. It only becomes enough when I am doing it. Actions speak louder than words. Then John throws a short tag in, if you will, at the end of verse 9. He says, Loving one another will reassure our heart before him. He says it will reassure our heart before him. You know, one of the greatest benefits of living a life of genuine love towards others is the assurance we get from God. Uh, Our actions of love or works is not what saves us, but our works or acts of love towards others is a result of being truly saved. We've talked about this. And you know these verses, but Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which I have done, but according to his mercy he saves us. Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. My works cannot, will not, and will never save me. But according to James 2, If I truly know Jesus Christ, I will want to serve him. My life will give validation to the fact of what I say is true. And I love what it says there at the end of verse 19 here in God's Word. It says that we are of the truth, and we and this by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. Our hearts will be assured. That's a benefit of truly loving others, is that our heart will be assured. I don't have to guess. I don't have to, to think or hope or or or, or, or or anything. It's the idea that this is proof of what I say is in my heart is true. It assures me of the fact that I am a child of God when I show love towards others. What a benefit to have that assurance. You know, there's a world that thinks they're going to heaven, but they don't have the assurance that that they're going to heaven. Uh, I have the assurance. Not only because of my life and how I live it, but 
by my faith in Jesus Christ, 1 John 5, these things have I written unto you who believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I have assurance because my life is backing up what I say is in my heart. And so every one of us that has that kind of hope, that's a benefit. That's assurance in our heart that God is with us. Verse 20 then, once again, as we look back at our text here in 1 John chapter 3 says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Well, verse 20 tells us that if our heart would condemn us, God is greater than our heart. Our heart is oftentimes referred to as our emotions, our, our feelings at times. But at times our heart or emotions would have us to feel guilty when we've let ourselves or God down. He says God is greater. He knows that we don't live up to our own expectations, let alone his expectations at times. I know that there are many times in my life I would want to have a more impactful uh, obedience or a more um, demonstrative action in my life that proves. But there are times that I fail him. There are times that I let him down. There are times that my flesh dominates and I don't like it. It bothers me. I've said for many years that you can get upset with me, but if I let you down and I know that I've let you down, you can't be harder on me than I can be harder on me. My The way I'm wired, the way I think, I, I'm more disappointed in myself than what you can be disappointed in me. But here's the thing. God is greater than our hearts. There are times that I feel terrible because I've let him down. And we should feel terrible at times. But I know that God is greater than my feelings. God is greater than my emotions. He loves me that much. He understands I'm going to fail. But that's where he says a just man falls and he gets back up seven times. We don't stay down. But sometimes when we're down, it's an opportunity to look back up, to get back on our feet, and to start moving again for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, if our heart condemns us, God is greater. Our heart is often filled with pride and bitterness, lust and anger, and, and so much more. In fact, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says, uh, it reminds us really that our hearts are desperately wicked. And he says, who can know it? Man, we often have a greater opinion of ourselves than what is healthy. Uh, we're wicked. Paul says he is the chiefest of sinner. I'll argue that point, as I've said many times. We are wicked people sometimes. Our, our motives are, you know, uh, why we do certain things sometimes is wicked. And that, that's why every day we need to come before God and submit ourselves to him, to surrender our will to his his, our thoughts to his thoughts, bringing every thought into captivity. Our actions, though, that would bring pleasure and glory to him. That's so important. Are we willing to daily put ourselves under his control? It's an awesome benefit to know that our salvation is not based on our works, but rather, than, rather in our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. What a benefit. Because if I had to go by my feelings or by my emotions, man, I'd never feel saved. I'd never feel like, oh, I got it. I got it all together. I'm ready to go. I, I, I have to every day submit myself to God, submit myself to God, and ask for his help. And then he says in verse 21, actually, let me go, go back. He says, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. He knows us. Isn't that awesome? He knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows us. 
you know, there are so many things that we can hide from the world. We can hide and pretend that they're not there. And God knows. He knows us. And we can come to church and we can look the part, but He knows us. You know, and even when we're struggling, He knows us. God knows us. Um, what a reminder that every day I'm in His care. I'm under His wing. He knows me. And He knows how much I love Him. He knows how much I, I want to do what's right and walk in obedience. He knows thou that. Verse 21 says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. So it teaches us that we can have confidence. This confidence gives us the ability to approach the throne of God with, with boldness, which leads us to verse 22. And verse 22 says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And whatever we ask, we've talked about this so many times in the years past, that it's not a carte blanche request and petition form that you just fill it out and hand it to God and he's going to give us whatever we want. If that were the case, we'd all have a bigger house, nicer car, bigger retirement funds, and uh, perfect health. And you know, maybe I'd even be skinny and six foot six like Michael. I don't know. Be athletic like him. Uh, <laughs> but, you know... This idea of, of our requests just being granted carte blanche, that's not what he's saying here. It's the idea of yielding. When I'm walking in fellowship with God, walking in obedience with Him, and yielding my will to His will, my goodness, God says, I, I'll back that. I'll get behind you. I'll support you, encourage you, bless you. When we are walking according to His will, guess what? Our requests come in line with what His desires for us are. Are. It's not the idea, once again, of just getting whatever I want. That would not be healthy. It would probably destroy us if, if we actually saw that take place. It's the idea of my will falling in line with his will. And then God saying, I'll bless your obedience and your righteousness and your holiness. Um, so verse 22, and whatever we ask, we receive him because we keep his commandments. So there is a benefit to loving God, to walking in obedience with God, and it's answered prayer. It's God's blessing and doing and seeing God work in our lives and 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 knowing that He's there for us and and with us the entire time. Um, being obedient to God's commands are pleasing Him and opens a door to receiving His blessings. In fact, in Matthew chapter seven. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7. We're just going to look at a few verses here. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, first book of the New Testament there. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. He says, listen, the idea here is, Ask and will be given. Seek, you'll find. God says, I want to answer your prayers. I want to bless you with answered prayer. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have, that anything we ask according to his will, he does. He will receive it. But there's, there's, the, there's the parameters that we have to ask according to his will. And so often what we want in our flesh is not necessarily against his will always, but not necessarily always in line with his will. 
you know, I, I've said even times in my life, sometimes, I said earlier, so, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse uh, 19 says that our heart, or 9 says, our hearts are desperately wicked, who can know it? You ever had this request that you said, Lord, if you bless me with this, I'll do this with it? I mean, God, if you give me these funds, I'll do this with it. God, if you give me this, I'll go over here with it. God, if you just do this, then I will do this. And God knows in our heart that, well, you may do that, but yeah, you're also going to do this, this, and this, which is not my will. Well, Lord, if you bless me with a with an abundance of finances, I mean, Lord, I'll, I'll give it to help the poor. I'll give it to help missionaries. I'll give it to help the, you know, the needs of the church. God, I'll do this with it. And God says, yeah, right. And you're still going to get the, the nicer car and the bigger house and the... You know, the freedom to go on some trips and vacations, but really it's kind of a double standard there. He says, if you ask according to my will, Lord, I want to do everything according to your will. I want to make sure that every request that I have is not necessarily a selfish request. And let me just say this, there's nothing wrong with asking God for our desires. He says, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, but he knows our motives. He knows our heart. I can remember when I was in, coming in out of college or sometime in that time frame, I remember that I had a few selfish requests, and, and I'm, honestly, they were selfish. And I said, Lord, you know, these are some things I want, but, you know, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. And I got to thinking, well, that's not a very good prayer either, because the bottom line is he says, whatever you ask, ask in faith, believing that he's going to do it. But you may think this is a little bit humorous, but I always wanted a leather coat. I just, I mean, when I was in high school, a leather coat was really cool. And I wanted a leather coat so bad. And uh, everywhere, I mean, I've just by the way, I'm not a little guy. I'm not a little skinny toothpick. I've never been there except for about fourth grade. And uh, but the reality is, I wanted a leather coat. And uh, so we we went around looking at different places. And man, any coat that fit my big body was like four or five hundred dollars. And remember the leather bomber coats? I mean, they were just. Uh, you know, all kinds of uh, expense involved with those, but they're so cool, and I wanted one so bad. And I, I went around, and they were just too expensive everywhere we went. Walked through this door of the mall, then the next door, then the next door, then the next door. And uh, every store that we went to, it just seemed like they were getting more and more expensive and, you know, not the right size, and the ones that were on sale didn't fit. It's just one thing after another. And I said, Lord, I just want a leather coat. And on the way back, we went through all the stores, didn't find one. We walked right back past the first store we went into, Structure. That was the name of the store, Structure. It was a men's store. And uh, I walked in there, and they were putting a 50% on sign, off sign, on the section of coats that I had tried on. The only coat that did fit was almost $500. And they put a clearance sign on that thing. When I walked out, it was under $200. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really cool. God answered not a necessarily a need, but a want. And a little bit later, I prayed for my first pickup truck, which was a 1984 Chevy S10. And I thought to myself, oh, this is not necessarily a need. God's not going to answer this. But then I started saying, well, maybe he will answer. So I said, Lord, you know, if it be your will, can I have this truck? And God blessed me with the truck. You know, there are times that, you know, God works through even our wants. But I think it's important for us to simply say, Lord, if this be your will. We have to pray according to his will. That's why he says in 1 John 5, 14, if we have confidence and if we ask according to his will, he answers us. In, first, in John chapter 14, verse 13, and again in John chapter 16, verse 23, he says, we have confidence even when asking in his name. 
How many times have we prayed, Lord, and we go into this long prayer, and then we close that prayer with, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, so often we forget why we even do that. It, why, is there any other prayer? You know, pr- how else do we close a prayer? I mean, that's the only way that we ever hear someone pray when they're praying is, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we do that because in John chapter 14 and in John chapter 16, it says we have confidence when asking in his name. So we close our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe that's something you've never even thought about. Why do we close a prayer that way? Because once again, it is a surrendering. It is a relinquishing of our will to his and asking him that if it's his blessing, if it's his desire for us, he does it. What a what a benefit that, that is. What a what a blessing that is. And in John chapter 15, verse 7, when we abide in Jesus. In fact, let me just turn over there. In John chapter 15 and first of all, verse 7, it says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So there is a benefit of abiding in Christ. And of course, you don't abide with somebody you don't love. There's going to be no reason to abide in Jesus Christ every day if we don't love him. But when we love him, we abide in him. He says, and if you abide in me and I in you, he says, you can ask anything and I will answer that. Well, let's go back to our text here in 1 John chapter 3 as we come into verses 23 through 24. He says now, verse 23, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Verse 24 says, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. If we look at this, John tells his readers another commandment, to believe in Jesus Christ and to love one another. Notice that abiding and obedience goes hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Um, and that's once again found in John chapter 15, verses 9 and 10, uh, that we just left from in that, in that text. You know, what a benefit that we have that when we love God as we ought, as we submit to him as we ought, as we walk in obedience to him as we ought, Wow, the benefits of walking with Jesus and loving Jesus are phenomenal. The blessing of knowing Jesus Christ, the blessing of of just submitting to him and seeing his hand at work in our lives is unbelievable. The benefits are just out of this world. You know, there are a lot of people who want to, I guess, abide in a lot of things. The word abide, as we talked about in the past, it means to, to remain in, to be consistent in. Um, you know, if we abide in anything other than Jesus Christ, it's a futile. It's fut- it's futile, and, and it's not going to go anywhere. There's no there's no um, how can I say it? There's no benefit of that. To abide in what this world has to offer is not going to get us anywhere. It it'll end up being discouraging and frustrating. But when we abide in Jesus Christ, the benefits. Are phenomenal. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, 
and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know about you, but the reality is this. There is only one person that we can abide in. And one day, the world will see that. Right now, the world's in chaos and frustration and dis disarray and turmoil. And everyone's frustrated and upset and angry at whatever it is that is in front of them. But you and I, if we know Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to put our faith and our focus in the one. One day, the rest of the world will see that. But for right now, it says in verse 10, there is only one name. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, every knee will bow to Jesus one day. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. One day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Until then, the only way, you know, so often we've heard this statement, something along these lines, that when Jesus Christ was on this earth, when he walked this earth as a man, um, what was his main message? Well, to the religious is often judgment and condemnation, hypocrisy. He called out their sinfulness to the religious. But to those who were lost, the message was, God loves you. God's love for you is un unbelievable. Accept it. I think if we want to pattern our lives and emulate somebody who did something on this earth that would be jesus to love those around us that's the message that we talked about last week and the message that we talked about this week is to love him and the benefits of loving him is unreal but even the benefits i haven't discussed today is the benefit of knowing him is that one day we'll be able to spend eternity with him in heaven forever a relationship with him i don't know about you but i hope you have that I hope you know Jesus Christ. I hope that that you have put your faith and trust in him and him alone. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. In Hebrews chapter 13, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His message has not changed. He has not changed. And he's still the only way to heaven. I hope that you know him. The benefits of putting our love, not only in him, but to one another... It's, it's just unbelievable. It's incredible. And I hope that you know him. I hope that you love him. And by doing so, you'll experience the benefits of that love. In a relation with him for all eternity, answer prayer, the, the, the assurance of, I, of the fact that I truly know him, not just what I may feel because my feelings would lead me astray, but to truly know him. Well, I don't know about you, but I need these reminders. As I say often, I need these reminders that my love for him is important. And my love for others is important. Someone's life may be dependent upon you showing them God's love. Uh, let's, as we close this, this, this morning, I trust that this week you'll put this love into action. And then as you do, as you are faithful and obedient, remember it said love and obedient abiding goes hand in hand. But as you do that, God will honor that. Uh, and he'll, he'll answer your prayers, especially when they're in line with what he, his will for you and I are. But 
to demonstrate this to a lost and dying world that needs to see the love of God. Love one another. Love God supremely. Make sure that we're living it out. Not just saying it. As it says, verse 18, don't just say it, but let your life be proof of it. The world needs to see this. Well, in just a moment, we're going to pray. And uh, I hope that you'll pray with me. Whether, uh, you know, as I say often, if you're in the congregation, which no one is today, but even online, uh, those of you that are watching, just take a moment and pray. Lord, uh, you know, do I have this kind of love? If I don't, help me to have this kind of love. Um, if, if I'm not doing it right, God, show me so that I can make it right. You know, whatever distractions that are in my life that are hindering me from loving the way God wants me to love. And, uh, you know, whatever is getting in the way of my love for God, remove it. That should be our desire. So I encourage you this morning, those of you that are online, and of course, let me just say say this specifically to you that are online today, all of us. If you have specific prayer requests, please let me know. I love nothing more. It'd be my honor, my privilege to pray for you in certain areas. Uh, you can send me an email at info at harvestbiblerochester.org or harvestbiblerock, R-O-C dot org. And I'll take that prayer request. There's only two people that see those emails that come in, and uh, I'm one of them. And so I'll get that, and I'll be glad to pray for you. Info at harvestbiblerock.org. I would love nothing more than to pray pray for you and with you. Um, but let's take a moment and pray. Let's ask God to help us have this kind of love in our life and to make it sure that as this love is in our life, it's manifested to others around us. Can we pray together? Let's do that. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the freedoms and the privilege, Lord, that we have to simply, Lord, be challenged concerning this love. Lord, the world needs to see it. And Lord, God, when we are actually there, it gives us hard assurance that we're, that we're truly yours. So Lord, I, I pray that for each one that's that's been a part of this service today, Lord, that you would just help us, Lord, to love you as we ought and then to love others as we ought. And God, thank you for your word, that the reminder, Lord. I God, I thank you for your patience with me. God, I thank you that you are long-suffering. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of mercy and grace. Lord, when I fail, Lord, you, you, you pick me up. And Lord, when I falter, you put me back on the path. And Lord, when I'm astray, Lord, you bring me in. And Lord, I'm, I'm just so thankful for your mercy and your grace and for your forgiveness, dear Father. But, Lord, I pray for all of us that are watching today, Lord, that all of us that are under your word today, Lord, that we would implement this kind of love in our life, Lord, and that we would see the benefits of, of this love, Lord, that, that the abiding and the assurance and the answered prayer, Lord. These are benefits that we have of truly knowing you and loving you as we ought. So, Lord, be with each one that's here today. Lord, may we practice this to our heart's ability, Lord. And that we may see the blessings of it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. I hope that you've uh, been encouraged just a little bit. Uh, let me encourage you to do a couple things. Like and share the video. There may be someone else that needs to be encouraged by this word. And so I encourage you to share it with everyone. Hit the like button. And uh, if you haven't hit the follow button, that makes it easier to find it every time we do go live. If you hit that thumbs up and the follow button on your Facebook, that means every time we go live, you'll get a little, a little bit of an alert for that. So it kind of helps you find it quickly. 
And uh, let me also encourage you to go over to Another Step Ministries, and uh, we're posting on there uh, from time to time as well. Maybe you said, I got that you know, invite, but I'm not sure what it is. That's just a ministry that I'm starting to just be a word of you know to be an encouragement and give a word of encouragement from time to time to not only just people of Harvest Bible Fellowship but other pastor friends and so forth uh, that call from time to time and so forth. But I want you to be a part of it and, and be encouraged by it. And uh, this week, just stay home as much as possible, isolate yourselves, and just enjoy your, the fellowship of of each other in your families and uh, be praying for one another in the body of Christ. Be praying for Dawn this week. And she's just kind of under the weather a little bit. Just encourage uh, you to pray for her. And Lord, uh, I, I, I just know the Lord's going to answer prayer. And, and he's going to be faithful and, and, and bless us that way. So thank you all for joining us. And I hope that you have just an incredible day. And uh, that you see God's hand at work and so forth. And uh, thanks for your patience as well. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.